Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. Listen again for the good news of God's love for us from the Gospel of John in the 11th chapter. Uh, Some selected verses from that chapter, um, though the full chapter is printed in your bulletin. So, now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Now, Mary was that one who anointed the Lord with perfume and uh, wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, Oh, this illness doesn't lead to death. Rather, it's for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And Lazarus died. And Jesus and the disciples went to him. Now, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that that Jesus was, was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, "I, I am the resurrection and the life. And those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I, I, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, She knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. 
He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands, his feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him, let him go. There is a small marble bench beside my grandfather's grave in Tallahassee, Florida. As it happens, the plot where my maternal grandfather is buried is just a few over from where my paternal grandfather is buried. My grandmother would take me with her on her visits from time to time to where her late husband was was resting in peace, to bring flowers, to clean the headstone, to pull weeds, We'd always pay a visit to the other grandfather and do the same. One of the ways we honor the dead, she taught me, was by tending their graves. My parents both lost their fathers the same year, when I was two. Now, as a 10-year-old, scrubbing their grave markers, their deaths seemed long ago. But now I know that my grandmother was still very fresh in her grief as she arranged flowers and sang hymns and wept. And there is a small marble bench there beside my grandfather's grave, and it it has a poem engraved on it. Maybe you've heard it. it. It says, Do not stand by my grave and weep. I am not there I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints in snow. I am the sunlight on ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn rain. As you awake with morning's hush, I am the swift, upflinging rush of quiet birds in circling flight. I am the day transcending night. So do not stand by my grave and cry. I am not there. 
I did not die. But I still wonder, what is this bench here for? If not to give a place to sit and weep. The poem says, do not stand by my grave and weep. Maybe that's why my grandfather wanted a bench there. Here, take a seat to weep. I don't actually know if it was my grandfather who wanted the bench or the poem or whether it's his wife's choice, but there was also a framed copy of that poem in their house, and so it clearly meant something. He was a bit of a stoic, from what I understand, a, a World War II Navy pilot who saw his share of horrors. He went on to become one of the very first Blue Angels. There was a missing man formation that they flew at his funeral when people were standing at his grave, weeping. His last request there, don't. But what always struck me as strange about this poem as a kid was that weeping is precisely what I saw people do besides graves. I think sometimes there is a guilt felt by the dying, that they know their death will lead to grief and pain for their loved ones, and they don't want to be the cause of that suffering. And there's nothing they can do about that, because grief demands to be felt. I met a young Marine uh, not long ago. When he was in boot camp several years ago, someone very close to him died suddenly. He got word days later after the funeral. They didn't want to bother him during his training. Eventually, they had to tell him. And he still had weeks to go in boot camp. So he took that grief, and he shoved it way down. And he became a Marine. And he went to war. And no one knew of the person that he knew and loved who had died. It was a soul-tearing loss, yet he did not grieve. He came home. His life began to fall apart. He struggled in his relationships. And as it so happens, a, a fellow Marine gave him my card, and he called. And there, on the phone, the grief finally poured out years later. He was allowed to stand by that grave and do the weeping he had told himself not to do. Grief demands to be felt. Sometimes it just needs a little help finding its way out. Do you know about Old Faithful? That, that big geyser in Yellowstone? Has anyone seen it? I haven't. Is it, is it as amazing as the pictures? Yeah. I think grief can be kind of as if someone were trying to keep Old Faithful from erupting by plugging the hole with their finger. It's going to come out. Mary and Martha were worried about their brother Lazarus. He was sick, very sick. They were all very close to Jesus, and they knew what he could do. He was out of town, and so they sent word. Lord, he whom you love is 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 ill. But Jesus, he didn't drop what he was doing. 
rushed to Lazarus' side, Lazarus whom he loved. His disciples assumed that Lazarus would be fine because that's what Jesus seemed like he was saying, that this illness doesn't lead to death, rather it's for God's glory. So you might imagine their surprise when two days later Jesus informed them very matter-of-factly that he was dead. He whom Jesus loved. Yet he did not grieve. He did not weep. Lazarus died. He was prepared for burial, wrapped in bands of cloth, laid in a tomb, sealed with a stone. Friends and family from out of town came to grieve, to comfort Mary and Martha, and still no Jesus. Four days later, he showed up. And when Martha heard, she went out to meet him. Mary, it seems, wasn't ready to see him yet. They were grieving. Sometimes grief can be anger, and grief demands to be felt and heard. So Martha marched up to Jesus, and the first thing out of her mouth, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Anger is often just sadness demanding to be heard. She clearly trusted Jesus, and she had faith in him. If he had been there, she knew what he could do. Where were you? What could be more important than Lazarus, than us? He loved you. We love you. Jesus hears it all, he takes it all in, yet still he does not mourn. See, he knows, as the poet on the bench of my grandfather's grave knows, that there is no lasting death, only resurrection. Jesus knows that eternal life is just around the corner, and he is the resurrection. Jesus knows that that is what he is there to do. He is the one who will bring Lazarus along with all of us and, and all who grieve. He will bring us all to new life. That's what he's here for. What is to grieve? In the blink of an eternal eye, we'll all be reunited. Martha knows this. Martha says she believes this. She believes in Jesus. She not just believes in Jesus. She believes he is the Messiah. She believes he is God's only son, the one coming into the world. And yet, her grief demands to be heard. And hear it, he does. Martha, having been heard, having been understood, she goes and gets her sister, Mary. Mary, she says, he wants to see you. He wants to see you. Now, Mary, maybe she wasn't sure she wanted to see him. She had, as we say in our family, sometimes big feelings. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, I was with a, a Marine who was really struggling at work, and this particular day, he had been, uh, we'll just say, yelled at by his sergeant. And before that, he had been yelled at by his dad. And earlier, that he had been yelled at by his girlfriend. So Buddy said, why, why don't you 
go talk to chaps. So we went for a walk. He told me just about how terrible he felt, about how disappointed everyone was in him. But all I heard was someone who just needed to be reminded how good they were. So I put my hands on his shoulders and I said, Maureen, you are a good man. You are worthy of good love. And I believe in you, and I also believe that God loves you. And at those words, you are a good man. His eyes filled up completely with tears. And they said, sir, I don't want to cry in front of you. And so we just walked. Maybe Mary didn't want Jesus to see her feel those feelings that she knew she would feel when she saw him. But she went to see him anyway. Her grief demanded to be felt. As soon as she saw him, she crumpled at his feet. She said the exact same thing her sister had said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's so much in those words. Faith and disappointment. Side by side. And then something happens, something amazing, something beautiful. John says that when Jesus saw Mary weeping, he then really saw everyone else who was with her also weeping. And John said, this greatly disturbed him in his spirit, and it deeply moved him. All of that grief, all of that anguish demanded to be felt, and the Son of God saw it, took it, took the anger, took the confusion, took the disappointment, the sadness. He felt it all, and it disturbed him. It moved him. Beloved, that is what our grief does to God. It moves God. Just because God gets to be the one to see us never die, to bring us into the world and be the one to welcome us home, Jesus does experience death with us. God comes to know that even with the strongest faith, the surest hope in the resurrection to be human is to love, and to love is to grieve what is lost. Jesus then demands to be taken to the grave. And they say, Lord, come and see. Come and see. And he does. And there, by Lazarus's grave, Jesus wept. Finally. He stood by the grave of the one that he loved, and he wept. And all who saw it said, see how he loved him. Can you imagine the relief that came to Mary and Martha when they saw Jesus feeling what they felt? They all believed in him. They all believed in the resurrection. But we all need to see that Jesus came to see us in our grief. 
Grief that must be felt. Grief that does not negate our faith. Jesus said earlier that what happened to Lazarus would be for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And he was probably talking about what would result when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He came out of the grave, his hands and his feet still bound with those strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth, and Jesus said, unbind him, let him go. They all saw his power. But I think the great glory that was also revealed was revealed in Jesus first weeping by the grave, revealing that God who is with us understands us and has actually felt all that we feel. He's not weeping for Lazarus. He's weeping for us. He's weeping with us. We who grieve. Unbind them. Let them go in their love. Grief is the unbinding of love, the releasing of what we have loved and it does demand to be felt. God's love for us is unbound when we see not only the resurrection, but the grief of love. And beloved, we can bring it all to Jesus and he will be greatly moved. And he will weep with us even as he welcomes those who we grieve, welcomes them out of their graves and into eternal peace. When we see it, we can say, see how he loves us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.